You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what up, what up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBADraftJunkies.com. Shout out to everyone that has made Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And in this case, your first listen of the week. I am glad to be back. Last week, I had planned on doing three episodes. I had my regular two on Mondays and Thursdays. And then I was supposed to fill in for Mavs Draft last Tuesday. And I got sick. I don't know what type of flu bug that I had, but I was down for the count. I recorded last week's episode, and uh, as soon as I recorded the episode, I went to lay down because I didn't feel well, and I pretty much was in the bed from Monday until about Thursday. I feel a little better now. Got you know somewhat of a cough. But I don't I don't know what type of flu I had. It was it was rough. No, I didn't have COVID. Um, that's been the question I've been getting a lot. At least not to my knowledge. I never got tested for it. But not only could I not record my podcast, and the reason I couldn't record is because my throat felt like I swallowed razor blades. Like it hurt to talk. <laughs> and and at one point I kinda lost my voice. So it uh it, it definitely sucked that um I, I just couldn't do the podcast, especially when I said I was gonna fill in for for someone else. So thanks to everyone that has reached out to me. I have posted I wanna say maybe Thursday or Friday why I missed the podcast, why I was and you know how ill I was and I got a lot of different messages messages there. So thank you again. I'm back. My voice sounds pretty much the same now. I mean I I gave it some time. Luckily I when I'm here I don't have a lot of talking to do. My phone doesn't ring that much anymore, so I'm just here with my wife, and I'm talking to her, but uh, I was able to preserve my voice. But I forgot to mention that this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Check it out, prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA and go to the App Store. Download the app today because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Like I said, I was out last week, but I'm back. I've, I've been looking forward to this episode. And in this episode, I'm going to label it the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'll talk about three prospects that I was very high on coming into this basketball season, international prospects. I did videos on them or I, I know I've done a video on two of the players. I had one coming up. But I want to break down the good, the bad, and the ugly for Usman Jang, Nikola Jovic, and Roko Prakacin. All right, so I'll, I'll start off with, with Jang, um, who a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I mean even including myself, have him projected as a lottery pick. At least I had him projected as a lottery pick. On my mock draft that I did last week, or I guess I did it the week before, um, I did my my first round mock draft, and that could change. I mean, I he's a super talented guy. I've talked about him at length on this podcast, so 
I wanted to do basically an update now that I have a, a few games under my belt that I've seen. And for those that don't know, Jang is a 18-year-old wing. He's 6'9", 185. He is from France. He is currently playing in New Zealand. What makes him such an intriguing prospect, again, is his size. He is a, a natural wing. He's a ball handler. He can make plays for others. Now, as far as what I've seen so far this season, the good is that, like I said, big ball handling wing that has the physical tools and the skills that can help him develop into a valuable NBA player. He's comfortable playing in and out of ball screens. He's shown some flashes of court vision. And he also also has the potential to be a pretty decent shooter off the dribble. He's shown that he's capable of making threes, whether it's step backs, you know, where he can dance with the ball a little bit and shoot over the top of guys because he's he's six nine. So as far as like physical tools, he has pretty much what you're looking for in the modern wing. I wouldn't say he's like a a freaky athlete. He's not like a high, high caliber athlete, but he's fluid. And again, with his size, his ball handling, his passing upside, and his versatility, it makes him such an interesting prospect. But the bad. He is really, really struggling in the um, NBL in Australia. I mean, I've even had different people reach out to me that have seen him play live, and they say that they think that he's a couple years away. And just when I've watched the film, he looks like he's lost his confidence. I've seen a few plays where he's picked up his dribble and just seems a little bit indecisive. He's really struggling to score off the ball. One of my biggest concerns coming into the season was how um, the breakers were going to use him. I had mentioned it at length again that um, if he ends up standing in the corner and playing a role similar to what RJ Hampton had to play in New Zealand, then I think it could have a tremendous effect negative effect on his on his draft stock so far from what i've seen they have done a better job of putting him in ball screens allowing him to get downhill and just you know giving him the opportunity to showcase some decision making and ball handling skills but he's still shooting a large amount of threes he's spending a lot of time in the corner part of that is because teams aren't guarding him and they don't respect him and then another thing that has been bad so far is that even though he's been struggling, he hasn't been able to really make up for it by getting easy baskets in transition. I like to see if a guy is in somewhat of a slump and he's struggling, can he get easy baskets? Is he an active cutter? Does he run the floor? Can he see the ball go in the basket in different kind of ways, whether it's drawing fouls, transition, cutting, whatever? And so far, Jang has not been able to do that. But now... Let's get into the ugly, and this is very ugly, very, very ugly. I'm just warning you now that, I mean, it's a podcast, so you can't see it, but if you could see these numbers on the screen, it's almost like I want to put a parental advisory sticker up there because this content is is is, is pretty bad for your eyes, but the ugly, 3.6 points per game. Listen to these shooting splits, 20, 10, 50. Yes, you heard that correctly. 20-10-50 shooting splits. That is 20% from the floor, 10% from three, and 50% from the foul line. In my years of doing basketball, I have never seen shooting splits that bad. Now, it's only been five games. So, I mean, there, there's still plenty of time. But those are some of the worst shooting splits that I've ever seen in my life. And out of his 
35 attempts so far through five games. 20 of them have been threes, and he is two for 20 from deep. So you, not only are you seeing a guy that is really struggling with his outside shot, but he is shooting threes at like a ridiculous rate for someone that is struggling. I mean, if you're shooting two for 20 from deep, then I would hate that a large percentage, over 50% of your field goal attempts should not be threes. Whether you can say that he's confident in his shot and he's still letting it fly, that could be that could be something. But I just think that, I mean, the, the jump shot has, has really been, I, I wouldn't even say it was like a strong point coming into the season, but he hasn't been able to find easy ways to score. So that's what he's relying on. Overall, he is 3 for 23 on jump shots and 1 for 15 on catch-and-shoot situations. So Usman Jang is having a very, very brutal start to his season. I'm curious to see where this ends up putting him as far as like on draft boards because, again, you can see like he has talent. You can see that he has a unique skill set that, like I mentioned, can be very valuable to the NBA. How's he going to put it together the rest of the season remains to be seen. At only 18, he's definitely a few years away from being able to contribute. He could be someone that, based off of what we're seeing now, could maybe go back to Australia. Maybe even the team will take him and just bring him along slowly and develop him in the G League. It's going to be a very interesting next six months for Usman Jang. All right, when we return, I want to talk about Nikola Jovic. But before that, I want to talk to you about Truebill. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not need, want, or simply forgot about. On the average, people save up to $720 a year on Truebill. And that is simply because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Truebill has been helpful for me because there was a bill or a subscription that I had that I was having a hard time getting rid of it. Truebill found it and now it is gone. So you can be like me and one of the 2 million, you heard that correctly, 2 million users that Truebill has helped save over $100 million. So Truebill is out here saving NBA contracts. So do not fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It can save you thousands of dollars a year. That is Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Thanks again for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. All right, now I want to talk about a prospect that had a lot of hype and fanfare coming into the season, especially after having such a strong under-19 tournament where he averaged 18 points, 8 rebounds, three a little shade under 3 assists, and nearly 2 blocks per game on 49-36-65 shooting splits. I'm talking about the 18-year-old Serbian I don't even know what position he plays. I mean, you can say he's a three. He's a four. Swiss Army knife in a sense. Nikola Jovic, who was one of my favorite players at the under-19 tournament. And he's always always been divisive. There are some people that thought that he was a top-10 pick. My guy Richard Stamen from Mavs Draft, or Mavs slash Magic Draft, 
He has Jovic as a top 10 pick. I got to get him on the podcast to talk about it. But he's very high on, high on Jovic. And so far with Jovic, here's the good. He's averaging 10 points per game, 4 rebounds, and 2.8 assists per game, which is, you know, pretty pretty decent. Through 12 games, he is making 37% of his threes on 4 attempts per game. So that was like the one area that everyone wanted to see him make strides on and, and get better at is knocking down threes. Again, the, the shooting splits at the under-19s were respectable, and it probably would have been a lot higher. I mean, he does have a tendency to take some difficult shots, but the 37 threes on four attempts per game has definitely been encouraging. He's shooting 39% on catch-and-shoot jumpers. And also, Jovic has shown some promise on pull-up jumpers off the dribble, which if you watched him at the under-19s or you've been following him, you, you haven't been too surprising and like I said, the good has definitely been because of his outside shooting. I know the numbers from this summer haven't been consistent with some of the three-point shooting numbers that he's shown throughout the years at the Adidas Next Generation Tournament. So again, this is a good sign that the jumper is improving. But now it's time to talk about the bad and the ugly. The bad is that He's struggling finishing around the rim. He's only making 45% of his shots around the rim. And at times, you can see that his lack of athleticism in the half court, especially his vertical pop and, and burst, you can see that that could potentially be an issue. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not a bad athlete. He's not one of these guys that is unathletic, whose game is you know, cement it to the ground or he can't jump over a sheet of paper. He is a good athlete, but his athleticism is at its best and it's on its full display when he has a runway. I mean, like, for example, I keep bringing it up at the under 19s, one of the first plays of the tournament, he had a poster dunk on someone in transition. Now, when he's in transition, when he's in the open floor and he has a runway, he can make plays above the rim. He's fluid. Again, I don't want to say that he is unathletic, but he just doesn't have that quick twitch vertical pop or that burst, especially in tight spaces, especially in, in the half court. And there's been a few plays per game almost where you can see that his lack of, you know, just like this ideal athleticism is going to have an impact on him in the NBA or around the rim or, or even going against guys that are longer stronger and better athletes but I think maybe with NBA spacing that should be able to eliminate some of those concerns but it is something that has been pretty bad for me now the ugly and this is is you know I mean the ugly is it, I mean it is the ugly but this is something that can definitely improve as the season goes on He's only shooting 12% on post-ups, and I had mentioned this in my mock draft 1.0 that this was a concern of mine. And, I mean, I don't think he's going to get a lot of post plays in the NBA, but posting up was one of his, I mean, to me, one of his greatest assets because of his versatility. He was able to, you know, just kind of be a matchup nightmare. He was skilled enough to take bigs out on the perimeter, but big enough, strong enough, and skilled enough in the post where he could create mismatches against smaller guards or wings and post them up and then also make plays for others because he has pretty good passing instincts. But so far this season, he's only shooting 12% on post-ups. 
and 33% of his post-possessions have ended in turnovers. And the ugly, the theme for the ugly is the turnovers. And he has a 30% turnover rate in transition, and 38% of his pick-and-roll ball handler plays have ended in turnovers so far this season. So this is very concerning because with his versatility and his playmaking ability, you would expect him to be a, a better decision maker. And some of his turnovers aren't just from boneheaded plays. It's just, I mean, he just has not done a good job of taking care of the ball this season. And again, if you're if you're a, a, a ball handler and you're turning the ball over on 38% of your plays and pick and roll, or even 30% in transition, I mean, that has a a, a big impact on not only your team, but just over, your overall coaches trust in you. So this is something to be concerned about, but it is ugly. Again, he is, his turnovers, I mean, it, it's something that they're, they're nearly identical. Actually, they are identical with his assist numbers. Now, if he can bump that up, I mean, we're still very early in the season. We haven't even hit 2022 yet, but this is something that I'll be looking forward to paying attention to, playing paying close attention to as the season goes on if he can you know just improve the decision making get the assist to turnover ratio a little bit higher and also continue to knock down open shots and shoot the ball the way he has I don't really see any opportunities for him to like improve his athleticism in in short spaces as the season goes on all right when we return I'll wrap it up with Roko Prakachin who Prakachin and Jovic had a game earlier this season that was one of the most hyped games in the first few weeks of the season. It ended up being a dud, to be honest with you, but I still am high on both guys. But before I get into Roko, I want to talk to you about Built Bar because it is the holiday season and grabbing a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar, is something that we all should do. Because the built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich in flavors that are all covered in chocolate. But not only are they covered in chocolate, it is amazingly low calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high protein. So you can get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors that, I mean, I think you're going to have a hard time choosing like I have. Do you want the raspberry or the mint brownie or the cherry or the double chocolate or the cookies and cream or the peanut butter or the brownie? Again, it's just a ridiculous amount of flavors. And Built Bar gives you this extra fuel that you're going to need to bust down the mall doors. And actually, can you believe that we are just days away from Christmas? So if you are standing in these long lines around Christmas time or doing Christmas shopping, even taking stuff back. Because the lines to return gifts is going to be crazy. Also, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw it in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. And also, if you're not going to be in the crazy lines and you just want to cozy up to something warm, here's a holiday secret. You can dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your bre- your beverage a little bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you have a nice melty built bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you can get your hands on different built bar puffs. They're light, they're fluffy, marshmallowy, and through and through, they have different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes good. You won't believe that they are filled with protein. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED. 
and you get 15% off your order at built.com. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season is coming to a close and wrapping up and we are headed towards the playoffs, BetOnline is the number one spot and remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. So please head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from basketball to football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for what's left of 2021. And Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, and wrapping up the last of my good, the bad, and the ugly for prospects that I covered earlier in the season. I'm going to finish out with Rocco Prakachin, a 19 year old, 6'9, 235 pound forward who is currently playing in KK Sabona in Croatia. He's currently averaging 10 points. 5.8 rebounds, 1.6 assists per game. Now let's get into the good. All right, so when I first started watching his film, one of the things that stood out to me was Rocco's his size, his frame. And I think that he has a skill set that fits perfect for a modern-day four in today's NBA. He can face up and attack. He can score on the block. He has good footwork and balance. I love how he just plays with this. This energy, and he's tough, he's competitive, he sprints the floor in transition, and he just looks to finish everything around the rim with a dunk. I think that with his motor, on top of his skill set, I, I just th- think that he has a future as, as an NBA player, whether it's a role as this gritty energy role guy off the bench that just kind of scores off cuts and activity, or as a guy that just has a little bit more skills than your average energy hustle type guy because he can knock down open shots he rebounds he can even like rebound and push the ball and make some plays for himself I think that he has a decent upside as a shooter and I think that overall I mean I understand why everybody was so high on him coming into to the season now if there were some concerns I had was that the, the shooting was was it was good but he's not a knockdown shooter by any means he is a little bit turnover prone now he is he he's a good finisher around the rim. He's always been as far as just with the percentages, but I would like to see him add a little bit of some soft touch finishes or just maybe become a better finisher outside of looking to dunk everything because I think in the NBA he's not going to be able to, you know, just kind of dunk everything, but then again, you never know with the spacing being better. He, you know, he could end up being a better a better finisher. Now, so far with this season, the good has been the motor, the toughness, and, you know, just the overall grit that made him such a fan favorite, especially on Twitter, has been as good as advertised. I mean, he plays hard and he can impact games with his activity and, you know, whether it's in transition or cuts to the rim. And this season, like I mentioned, he's always been a good finisher. He's shooting 65% around the basket, but he's also shooting 80% on cuts to the rim. So let's get into the bad. The bad is the jump shot. And this is not necessarily bad. It just hasn't improved much. If anything, he stayed the same. 
and that's what people are a little bit disappointed is, is that he has not had the big breakout year that many expected. Last year, he was one of the younger players in the draft. Some people felt like he could have went first round maybe, maybe if he stayed in the draft. But obviously, he must not have been too confident in that because he decided to opt out and return. Now, I don't know if it's going to have much impact positively on this draft stock. The jump shot is pretty much the same. So, you know, you just give or take a few percentage points. It's actually a little bit lower. 32.9% on jump shots in 21-22. Last year, it was 33.8% on jump shots. So it's went down, you know, give or take less than, you know, nine percentage points here. And then overall, his field goal percentage is down from 49% last year to 45% this year. So here is where... I'm a little concerned, and I have labeled this the ugly. He's always, like I said, I've I've mentioned a few times, he's been an efficient scorer in transition. And transition is one of his biggest, I mean, it's one of his biggest, I don't want to say bread and butter. That's probably not the exact words. But it's one of his biggest chunks of where he gets his offense from. So unlike Ushman Jang, Prakachin knows how to, to run the floor and create easy baskets by just outworking guys. Jang is, like I mentioned, he's struggling. So if his jump shot's not falling, then that's pretty much only place he's going to score. Now with Prakachin, he is scoring in transition, but he's turning the ball over on 22% of his transition possessions, which is alarming. And then as far as his ability to score in the post, it's something that I thought that he has great upside because, like I mentioned, he has the the balance and the footwork and the strength, especially when he's playing against his age group. But he's struggling only shooting 6 for 21% on post-ups this year. And if you're good at math and you can do that off the top of your head, that is only 28% from the floor. So, like I said, those are a couple things that are concerning. And the fact that he hasn't really had the, the breakout season that many expected, he hasn't had the big jump in shooting percentage, it's pretty ugly to me, but we're not even at the halfway point of the season. We still have plenty of time to go, and these are just three of the prospects that I wanted to break down as far as international prospects that I've, I've mentioned that I spoke highly of coming into the season, but thank you so much for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day, and now, if I had to give you a choice of who your second listen of the day should be, I'd go at Locked On Bets. Because it is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and it's available on all platforms. So once again, this is Rafael Barlow with NBA Draft Junkie signing out. Thank you for listening. Again, I apologize for being ill last week, but I will be back again on Thursday. And I am out.